somewhere, go to some convention, get on a plane and go somewhere in 2020. Make that commitment to yourself and to your business. I mean, get a group of girls, get a group of guys, get a group and go and bond. You'll have this great time. It'll be a bonding experience. You'll come back with all this information. Now, this is three days. It's actually more than that. It's three and a half days if you want to stay for the half day on Monday. But it's three days, three full days of panels and keynotes. And so if we want to try to pack three days into an hour, it's really, really hard. So um, I'm going to give you basically what I feel like is my most important information that I can relate to you today. Some of it's going to piggyback off of some of the recent power launches we've had of late. And it's going to reinforce them. And then I'm going to give you, at the end, you have to stay till the end. See what I did there? For my tech tip. And it's a big one. You're going to want to stay until the end. Right? Okay. All right, so let's jump right into it. So the last power launch week, we talked about um, taking the uncertainty out of the real estate business. Like, what, what is, the path is math, was the theme, right? So if I had to come up with a theme for NARA this year, it would be freedom. So it really, like, it gives me purpose. I believe that every real estate agent who is committed, not just interested, should have the opportunity to walk in and experience freedom in real estate. As re real estate should be that vehicle for your freedom. Now, some of you that's buying a house, putting in a pool, going on a vacation, uh, driving a Porsche, see what I did there, um, saving for college, um, you know, we all have these things that these selfish desires, which is really, really good. Does a selfish des desire, does it motivate you, Owen? Right. And who wins when you satisfy your selfish desires? Uh, I do. You do, and everybody around you does. Okay? So, yeah, every day. Your wife does too. See, she, we all need to be driven by something. So, uh, I told this story in our, our team sales meeting uh, on Tuesday that, like, freedom for me is not having to check the price tags on things. Like, I like to shop, but I, don't, I mean, what does it cost? Oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what you put, Ty is already asking me, he said, would you pay for that? And I'm like, oh. Um, like, did I pay for this? I promise I'm going to wear it. I use this magic plastic car, and it just, and I, they let me walk out the store with it. So that's freedom to me. I mean, like I used the analogy, you know, the, the analogy like going to the grocery store and just filling up a buggy and it costs what it costs. That's freedom to me. So whatever it is to you, connect to that. I think that you deserve it, but you got to work for it, right? So we're going to talk about freedom from, from uncertainty and how many real estate agents or maybe you're in this room and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for Christmas. Or I don't know how I'm going to do this next year. How am I going to put that fortified roof in my house? Like if Strengthen Alabama Homes comes like pulls my card, like where am I going to come up with the extra money? Whatever it is, most of us in here are like dealing with some sort of uncertainty. It's just the nature of the industry. 100% commission-based sales. But the path to this is math. So I'm not going to go through the whole formula, but I'm going to simplify it. I believe everybody in this room should have a goal of 50 transactions. What happens now with our partnership at JPAR at 30? Okay. Yeah, so do some math on the, the, the math from 30 to 50. 
from 30 to 50. What does that look like to you in terms of a bonus from 30 to 50? But I think everybody should have a goal in 2020. It's like a simple business plan, okay? 50 transactions, that's the goal. That's the goal. Owen, what, what would your life look like if every one of your agents on your team did 50 transactions? Very good. <laughs> it would be awesome. I mean, your life would be awesome. Their life would be awesome. You know, it would just be awesome all around. It's completely doable. Okay, so the path is mapped. The uncertainty can be removed by tracking and measuring. And this is a very simple process. I don't like math. This is really, really simple. Even I can do it. So 50 deals, basically we've got a two to one ratio here. So if you set 100 appointments, some of you are going to need to set more. Some of you are going to need to set less. But we just need to work on averages here. So you set 100 appointments. That formula should equate 50 deals. 100 appointments. So... In order to know whether you're on track or off track, you keep track of where you're at. How many deals have I closed, or I'm sorry, how many appointments have I set this year? I believe that 2020, for us, the real estate industry professional, started on November 1st. Okay? But if you haven't been tracking from November 1st, then just start today. Okay? Start today. This is your anniversary date. This is your fiscal year. 2020, it starts today or tomorrow, whenever you want to start tracking, just make a commitment and start, okay? Step one, start tracking. So the other part of this is knowing, you know, doing some, a little more micro tracking, which is how many dials do I have to make to set an appointment? That's your conversion ratio, right? So knowing how many I have to do. So you'll just, like, you'll know, like, I gotta make X amount more, calls to get X amount more appointments. I got to hear no 10 more times before I can go home because I know like with every 15 no's, they get a yes. So it's like this is just, it's just a formula and it works. The other thing we talked about in my sales meeting this week was that if you know that you're ahead of schedule, then you can take some time off, recharge, rejuvenate, and really enjoy your time off and not feel like there is something that should be getting done. Right like just taking time off and deserving it, okay? So remember, when I started this conversation with you today, I talked about the fact that I believe you all deserve freedom, but freedom is earned, okay? So if you work for it, you deserve it. And then when you deserve it, you enjoy it a lot more, okay? You don't have to, you know, like, have a couple of six extra uh, Miller lights to forget about the fact that you're kind of, you know, slacking on your responsibilities. All right. Now, goals are really, really, really important. And in this training room in the past, we have talked about how important micro commitments are. And goals happen on the back of micro commitments. All right, your goal, big, lofty thing, it needs to be set, it needs to be up, it needs to be visible, you need to be focused on it, you need to have 50 deals written on your rearview mirror, on your bathroom mirror, you know, in your closet somewhere, in your underwear, wherever you're going to see it, on your, your phone, your screensaver, it's everywhere, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, what you focus on expands. So how do I get to 50? So the micro-commitment goal is two appointments a week, two appointments a week. 
an appointment with either a buyer or a seller a week. You set two appointments a week, you're gonna stay on track. Two appointments a week. So you think, oh gosh, 100 appointments. Whew, God gives me intestinal issues. But then you go, all right, well, it's two a week. I mean, I can do two a week. Can I do two a week? Oh, can you do two a week? Yes. Yeah, you can do two a week. I mean, I give you 10 FISBOs right now, you're gonna set two appointments. Minimum. Um, micro commitment. 10 new conversations per day. So we know we need two appointments per week. So we're gonna go micro below that, and that's 10 conversations per day, at least five days a week. And you could divide those up into, I'm gonna have five conversations with people I've never met, and I'm gonna have five conversations with people I have met, people that do know me. So you can divide it up that way. So this keeps you on track for your formula. Okay, so I just did, oh, I got it right here. I was just dialing, you know, I need to kind of put, Put my, uh, uh, I need to uh, talk to talk and walk to walk and all that stuff. So like this morning before, in between a recruiting appointment and all this other stuff Jeremy makes me do, I made six dials, had three conversations. How many more conversations do I need to have today before I can clock out and really feel good about my day? Like go home, look my loved ones in the eye and go, I worked today. I was a responsible professional real estate agent today. I did, I honored my commitment to you to provide how many more appointments do I need to set? Seven. Okay. All right. Moving on. All right. 50 deals to freedom. How do you get there? All right. So we've gone over the numbers of it. We know what we got to do to stay on track. We're going to track it. I would suggest you know, get a little whiteboard, keep it by your desk. Some of you guys like Excel spreadsheets. I hate those. But some of you like them. Go nuts with those. But now we're going to talk about schedule. Okay. The freedom <laughs> schedule. You get to devise your own freedom schedule however you want to. Some of you like to time block for prospecting in the morning. Some of you like to do it in the evening. Some of you like to do it in the morning three days a week and in the evening two days a week. Some of you like to do it Saturday mornings and Sunday evenings. And all that stuff is great, provided that you do it. There was an agent that I got to see on stage at NAR. Her name is Sasha Farmer. Follow her. But she put herself in the hospital because she was working 80 hours a week. 80, so the stress of working, she got a divorce too, by the way. So she got divorced, wound up in the hospital, working 80 hours a week. And that's when the light bulb went off. So I would hate to, typically that doesn't happen to us. I mean, that's an extreme example. What typically happens to you guys out here in the audience is you burn out. You're like, oof, that's what this. Nine to five, bring it on. Because at 5 o'clock, I get to go home. But there's a better way. There's a better way to do this. And she just put it, I don't know where, I don't necessarily think this is her quote, but she said, the key for me is to realize that I need to work while I am working, and I play while I am playing. Does that make sense? I work while I'm working. And that saved her life and is saving her new marriage. But she works 40 hours a week. So she cut that in half. And she rarely works a night and a weekend. And she showed us her current uh, annual revenue uh, before taxes was over $500,000.
okay? Different market, who knows what average sales price is, but a lot of you would be happy with half of that, or a third of that, or, you know, whatever. You'd be happy with more than you're making now, right? So the path to that freedom, whatever your definition of freedom is, 75,000, 150,000, 250,000, is math, okay? You have a big goal, you have a micro-commitment goal, and then you have a schedule that supports your goal and keeps you committed to that goal. And that is your freedom schedule. It needs to be on a digital calendar, in my opinion. If Owen's wife was here, she'd throw a fit. She hates digital calendars. I, I believe strongly in it because it's just something that you open up, it's visible, and you can change it, and you get little reminders on your phone, your watch, and all that stuff. Even all that stuff really keeps me on schedule. But this is a whole different Got a lot of problems. But for you, I would strongly suggest you get this out and you just make it across the board. Okay? So this is my prospecting time and this is my preparation time. So there's two keys to your freedom schedule. You need to have a preparation time block and you need to have a prospecting time block. Okay? And your preparation time block may need to rotate. Because I believe there's going to be some preparation that requires you being in the office and some preparation that requires you being out of the office. So two parts to a freedom schedule. Basically, it is a time block. Some of you would be a big improvement if you just time block an hour for each of those. I'm going to recommend two hours for each. That still gives you a heck of a lot of time to run errands. I look... Uh, I interviewed Blake yesterday. He was talking about some stat that he saw that, that real estate agents spend 20% actually doing dollar productive activities and 80% doing busy work. I mean, it's just it's insane the way we approach this business and, and the opportunities and, and uh, the money that we leave on the table. All right, any questions so far about the freedom schedule? What I'm saying to you to do as a homework assignment is to open up your Google Calendar the dollar productive activities you do should always be in green. Your prospecting time block should always be in green. Color code it from there however you want to. Your workout time, your devotional time, whatever else you got on there. Family time, date night, all that stuff. Really the point here is that for most of us in real estate, this is against the grain of our nature. Most of us are artistically minded. We're not entrepreneurial minded. We're not operator minded. We're not mathematically, necessarily mathematically inclined. We like to socialize and visit and entertain and talk and you know, smile and show homes and do the fun stuff. But this is very heavily research backed and based and that the more mundane, the more uh, routine we can make our days, and that's just the time we're working. So we work while we're working. The more mundane we can make that, the more strict, the more routine we can make that, the more freedom we're actually going to get outside of that. And that's freedom in two things that we desire more than anything else. And that's freedom with our time and freedom with our finances. All right, so how should you prepare? All right, so I'm going to give you five things that I want you to do or just some guidelines here on, on preparation. Uh, the number one is, is fuel your mind. 
is to fuel your mind. I just shot in the dark here, but I would be surprised if the majority of people in this room got up this morning and studied the market. Studied the hot sheet. You'd be real shocked. Um, but podcasts. You listen to a podcast on the way to work? Did you read a blog this morning? Do you have plans at some point today to um, pull Diana aside and ask her about the dream to home loan? Dream to own home loan. Um, do you read any books right now? Watch any uh, webinars? Diana, how many times a day did you study the NLS? I look at the hot sheet, hot sheet a minimum of three times a day. A minimum of three times a day. Okay. So fueling your mind. We, we have to understand. I'm going to talk about at the end here what the future of the real estate agent is. Maybe I should just touch on it now. Okay. I'll just give you a little brief snippet of it now. But basically, the future of the real estate industry, you're going to like this part, less real estate agents. There's going to be less of us. And that's going to mean more transactions. But the ones who are left, the ones who are remain that get that market share are going to be market knowledge focused. They're not going to have to go to Nathan Lippincott to ask him what a 203KV is um, because they're already going to know. They're not going to have to go to Diana and go, hey, what's the minimum credit score for FHA? Because they're going to know. They're not going to have to call somebody to get a quick little tutorial on a 1031 exchange because they already know. The, this is the real estate agent that will survive in a technology-driven market. So if you're worried about iBuyer and Zillow becoming a brokerage but it's all out of business, they will not be able to compete with you if you are a market knowledge specialist. And market knowledge is a much broader stroke than just the hot sheet, it's trends, historical trends with mortgages, historical trends with days on market, historical trends with median uh, average pricing, you know, median pricing, average pricing, number of units sold, all those different things, okay? Any questions? All right, moving right along. All right, so uh, fuel your mind. I want you to master the language of sales. We've had some really powerful lunch and learns in here when agents, you know, Kendall and Ann and April get up here and show you you can't stump them on the scripting side. Buyer call, seller call, Blake can get up here to a physical call. They can just go through it like that. Basically, this is like mastering the language of sales is that's your sales skill. If you're a skilled salesperson, you know how to talk to people. Okay, so some of that's going to be rooted in market knowledge. We've already talked about that. The rest of it's going to be have a basis in how to handle an objection. How to handle an objection. How to keep a conversation going. Because human nature is to put up a defense. And we can get past that defense. Um, prioritize is number three. And I, what I want you to have here is an order of priority in what you do. 
everything you do. So if that's about your leads, we call the most important leads first, like our highest leads we call first. If that is a task, again, go back to that quote, like 80% of, you know, the realtors spend 80% of their time just doing busy work. That's putting out fires. You know, oh, I've just got to stop everything I'm doing right now to deal with this lender issue. No, you don't. You need to stay on the phone or you need to keep networking or you need to keep, you know, creating content, things that move the needle. And the fire that you have a time in your freedom schedule says, you know, from two to three, I put out fires. But during my time block, nothing else exists because that's what moves the needle. It's all about, remember, the two appointments a week, the 100 appointments a year that's going to get us to the 50 transactions. That's going to give us a, a freedom experience that we've never had in our lives. Don't even, can't even fathom it. But it's, it's a very realistic goal. I mean, you're in the largest county in Alabama. Four of the top five fastest growing cities are in this county. Everybody wants to live here. The county can't handle the infrastructure. Prices are going up. Inventory is going down. Rates are low. What else do you really need? What else, what, what do you not have that other markets have? It's just an excuse. Uh, number four is plan for tomorrow, the afternoon before. So you don't just come to the office going, all right, Let's see, what am I going to do first? You already know what you're going to do first. And it's in an order of priority. Like here, i got to call these people first. Here's my hit list of people that i got to touch today. And then I can move on to lesser priority things. But planning your day the day before is huge. This is also heavily research-based. And number five, we've already talked about it, but it's just time blocking. It's chunking your time. And in that time block, you should remove as many distractions as possible. Any questions before I move on? It's a very, it's a very quiet audience. Is everybody feeling okay? Woo! All right. So if you can see this, there's a lot of how-tos we're talking about today. Like, you know, you know how should I set my goals? Um, how should I prepare? Uh, or how should I design my schedule? How should I prepare? Now I'm going to talk about how you should prospect. So I think if you have a two-hour time block, half of that should be devoted to um, you know, basic, basically talking to new people, initiating a conversation with people you have not had a conversation with before. And the second hour should be follow-up. Okay follow-up. Now, at uh, NAR, I got to hear Jared James speak. Everybody should be following Jared James. Podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Number three real estate coach in the nation. This guy, like, almost blew me out of my shoes. It made so much sense. Um, he firmly believes in 100 appointments to 50 deals, and that every agent in this room should have a 50 deal per year goal. Okay, that doesn't mean if you close less than 50 deals in 2020, you need to get out of the real estate business. Um, it just means you need to think a little bigger. Because the path is realistic, and again, you deserve to get there. Got it? All right, 
So divide your uh, time block into new conversations and conversations with people you've already spoken to. Now, the biggest thing with people that you've already spoken to is what Jared James is saying is set an expectation. So like every conversation should have a system to it. And really the system is getting to know people. Uh, so I, you know, I got to get in the, 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 the mind frame of this myself. You know, like I was advising Trey yesterday to stop because he was like, well, what do you, you want to buy? Or, okay, well, what do you think you're going to buy? And then, uh, are you sure you're going to buy at that time? And then let, let's go buy right now. You know, it's just going in for the kill. Let's buy, 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 sell, 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 sell. And then I get on the phone and basically do the very same thing. You've got to get yourself in more of a relationship mindset. Okay, so we've, we've as an industry, we've made a horrible mistake in creating an adversarial relationship between ourselves and the leads. So think about what keeps you from getting on the phone. Is this adversarial relationship you have with somebody you don't even know? Does that make any logical sense? We just assume they're going to chew us out when we call them. We assume they're not going to like us. We're going to assume they've had a bad experience with an agent in the past, which is pretty likely. But we assume they're going to they're going to you know project that on us. We assume that. And are you going to let assumptions stand in the way of you and freedom, or do you deserve it? Do they deserve to be served at a higher level? So it's crazy. But one of the ways that we can kind of diffuse this insane dialogue we're having with ourselves or that we can diffuse a person who's had a bad experience because we know that as an industry, we do not do a good job at delivering a quality experience. A lot of that is because there are part-time agents out there. The majority of the agents in the National Association of Realtors are part-time realtors. And that's why JPAR has said, if you do anything less than six, we, we really don't want to be in business with you. We'll help you do the minimum of six, but if you're not prof professional enough to be committed enough to do six, we really don't want to do business with you. We're going to help you. We're going to support you to get there, but if you don't want that for yourself, then we don't want to be in business with you. This is not the right place for you. I think NAR should take that stance themselves. God, can you imagine what that would do for this industry? But Jared James says, get to know these people. How do they find your website? Why, how did, how did Pharaoh Alabama get on their radar from Tacoma, Washington? Like, how does that even happen? How'd you hear about Pharaoh? I, tell me the story. Oh, we're moving here. That's, our son got transferred there, and they're starting to have kids. We won't be near our grandkids. What are their names? What are their ages? And you all have these professional CRMs. You're putting notes in there. Here's grandkids. Move for grandkids. Here's how they found Pharaoh. Here's the grandkids' ages. Da, 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 da. All right, so this time of year, what's everybody doing? Like, holidays, Allison, you seem really excited about the holidays. Uh, holidays. <laughs> so they're going on ski trips, and they're doing all this stuff. So we're finding out, oh great, well you have plans to come prepare for the holidays? Yeah, yeah, we're coming. Okay, well maybe there's an opportunity to have coffee, maybe not. Maybe it's just like, well I'm going to call you when you get back, I want to hear like what your first visit to Fairhope is really like. I'd love to meet you while you're here, but I understand you're going to be pressed for time, and you know, you're going to be busy with family, so maybe I'll just call you when you get back. So you're setting an expectation of 
another touch of a follow-up call. They're going to expect it because you set the expectation. And then when you call them and you make good on that, I'm going to call you when you get back and you actually uh, make good on that promise, you're starting to set the tone for professionalism. And then when you say, gosh, what was it like seeing the grandkids? And you know their names, you know their ages, you know all this stuff. And then Jared James has just simply set the expectation for the next call after that's done. You're going to get to know them more. You're going to have more information to set up a follow-up call. Well, great. When's your next visit? When are you coming back? Did you guys talk about, like, maybe making this more of a permanent move when you came back? Oh, well, we're going to give it a few months. Great. I'm going to call you maybe in a month or so just to make sure there's not any questions about the area or anything else I can do for you. If you have any questions about the homes I'm sending you. It's just conversational. It's relational. It's not transactional. You get more relational and less transactional, there's going to be much less of this adversarial atmosphere that exists between us and the consumer. Plus, you're going to be able to find out a lot more things, like who else they may know who's looking to buy or sell. Do they have a property they want to sell before they can buy? I mean, all these things are going to come out because they're not going to go, no, I'm just looking. Because you were the agent that said, I just, I'm just calling to get to know you. All right, so skip the point I was going to make. So one of these three conversations I had this morning before all of you beautiful people showed up was I had a lady immediately right off the bat. She said, Jason, I appreciate you sending me these properties, but I, I don't want to buy. I've got to sell this commercial building before I buy it, and, and nobody's looking at it. I don't know when that's going to be. So if it's too much of a burden for you to send these properties to me, just go ahead and take me off your list. I, I understand. It, it's not going to hurt my feelings. And I just told her, I said, ma'am, I'm just calling to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I would love for you, your commercial property to sell, and I would love for you to be able to buy a home here in Fairhope. But until that happens, I'm just calling to, to touch base and wish you happy holidays. All right. All right, let's move on. This is good stuff. I'm having a good time. You all having a good time? Yeah. Um, all right, so Jared James says there is uh, five love languages of touch. All right, now physical touch is my personal favorite love language. <laughs> but five, all right, so the first thing you need to do is you need to utilize all five of these touch methods. And the goal here is to figure out which touch your potential consumer likes best, okay? So email, phone, video, text, social DM. You're going to utilize all five of these methods to try to get into that two-way dialogue. Email, phone, text. Email, phone. Uh, I'm sorry. Email. Thank you, Tony. Email, phone, video, text, and social DM. So some people are sending video text. Some people are using BombBomb. You know, you guys all get a BombBomb at a, at a crazy discount uh, through JPAR now. So there's lots of things you can do to try to figure out how do these people, and then once you get them on the line and you guys are having two-way dialogues, like how do you prefer to be communicated with? Some people are like, please don't call me. Text me. What do you think of millennial? How does a millennial or a gen whatever like to be communicated with? It's all text. But use those five methods to figure out what their love language of communication is. Email, phone, video, Text, social, uh, DM. The video, nobody's going to really prefer that, okay? That's more of a conversion method, but that puts a face with a name. 
Like, hey, I'm not just some telemarketer in India just trying to get you to buy something or sell something. I'm a real person, born and raised here, know everything about the area, love to help you. All right, prospect. Okay, so I've got three methods of how I want you prospecting. Three methods I want you focused on. Phone, in person, and content. Phone, in person, and content. So phone, go through these really quickly. You got your new leads, your sphere of influence, your follow-ups, you know, your circle dialing. In-person pot buys. You know, a lot of people are bringing by pies this time of year for Thanksgiving, cookies. Um, you know, this is a great time. You know, holidays is a great time for pot buys. Uh, coffee appointments, lunch appointments, uh, and open house. That's a way to get belly to belly with somebody very, very easily. Uh, client events. I know a lot of you are starting to do like a post-sale visit. Oh, hey, let me see what you do in the house. How'd you decorate it? Gonna come by, bring you a little something. Um, all great ideas. The third thing I think probably where we struggle the most, not just as a company, but as an industry, is in the content. Okay, and I heard some of the agents that were here this morning for the accountability meeting talking about stories, Facebook stories. That, like, stories and storytelling was one of the, I mean, I can show you the, the, uh, the guide, the class guide for NAR. It was full of it. Full of stories and storytelling. But a lot of us don't know where to start with this content. We're like, okay, I know I need to make a video today to put on Facebook. But what in the world is this video going to even be about? Alright, so I'm going to give you my thoughts on what you should be doing videos on. And let's just get it cleared up once and for all. We're going to talk about, I got, if anybody's seen me hanging out with this guy, somebody, nobody came to Social Impact, my feelings are not hurt that much. But Jonathan Hawkins is like my marketing mentor, okay? What, how tall is he? Maybe he's like 6'6", six, six, former military officer. He was like an interrogator or something. <coughs> um, studies the brain science. Like the brain science of content, okay? So... Give you some tidbits I've learned from Jonathan real quick. This is interesting stuff. So facts reach two points in the brain. Facts reach two points in the brain. Stories reach five points of the brain to include the subconscious. This is something they call mind share. The market share of the mind. Top of mind awareness. Occupying somebody's thoughts. How do we get in there? How, I mean, that's like, this is very expensive real estate here. This mind share. So here's a quote um, from Jonathan. Storytelling allows people to envision themselves as part of the story or your story, which is the key to the subconscious mind. So one of the easiest things you guys can do is to make a video that describes your story of origin into the real estate industry. 
your stories of origin. You know, um, I don't necessarily think this is a secret or anything, but Emily Burke's assistant, I think, one time lived in her car. Now, through the process of working with Emily and becoming a real estate agent herself and being a, a supporting member of her team, she's bought her own home. And if anybody follows Emily Ball, the gratitude, she wears it like clothes. Like when she buys a couch and it's all first. This is the, my first house. And this is my first couch. And this is my first TV. It's, this is all first. It's all very exciting. Okay? If, if, this is not her thing, but if it was, it would be huge. We would all love to see that, that video. That story of origin is a very, very powerful story. Um, I feel like I have a very powerful story of origin in real estate. And the struggle I went through as a real estate agent for many years before I became agents like you who made time to come into the office to learn. Just out there trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's, that's a bad business plan, okay? So the other thing is how you tell your story is how you define your value. So I talked about, a little bit about this at the sales meeting is that that Lee Brown is one of my most favorite people in the real estate industry. Follow Lee Brown. She has a podcast. It's called like Crazy SHIT in Real Estate. She's funny. She is very Christian, Allison, so let's not judge. Um, she just likes the S word, whatever, bunny trail. But she got very, very upset with the audience, and she said, Stop telling people how quickly you sell homes. Stop telling them how hot the market is and how easy it is. And you sold this in two hours. People just assume that it's so easy. The per public perception of our value is on this trend, folks. Oh, well, if I can hire Owen and he can sell it in 24 hours, sure I can sell it on my own in a week. What do I need Owen for? If it's that easy and the market's that hot, I don't need you. Diane said something powerful the other day. She said, the market isn't hot. The marketing is hot. And when she said that, I just thought, she's hot. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so my point here is tell the story. Like, these homes you're selling in 24 hours or 48 hours or 8 days or whatever it is, less than a week. There's a story behind what you did to prepare that home. Your consultation. Your marketing. Your market preparation. How do you, like, and so this also is going to elevate, like, raise the bar for your own professionalism. If i got to tell the story of how I host an open house, and that story involves me preparing an hour before, all right, so step one, I take a shower. Step two, I get dressed. Step three, I grab the signs. Step four, I walk out the door. Step five, I put signs on the ground. Or if it's like, hey, I start the week before studying all the data within a one-mile radius of the home. I start circle dialing. I start calling all the residents around this home and inviting them personally to my open house. Which, I could go on and on and on. You see where I'm going here. Which agent would you personally want to hire? Tell that story. And if your story is, I put the sign on the ground, I pray, then you got to up your game. Your game is not strong. There's the barometer right there. There is... The standard. If you don't want to tell it, if you're embarrassed to tell it on a public stage, on a public forum, on a public platform, then you need up your game. 
Alright, telling stories via video is a way to create a relationship long before we make an ask. Hollywood. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. Alright, so uh, how many people in here, just by show of hands, have been making content consistently enough that they've heard this statement from a buyer or seller? That they, I feel like I know you because I see your videos. Anybody hearing that yet? All right, there's also the gauge. You're not making enough content. If you haven't heard that, you're not doing it enough. There should be at least five hands going, yeah, I hear that all the time. All right, you should be hearing that all the time. Um, all right, so other stories you can tell of advocacy. Um, so Tanya and Diana at sales meeting uh, were talking about a school teacher that helped with the Dream to Own program, and the lady out of pocket spent thirty-seven dollars buying a home. And Diana got that credited back in closing. Am I missing anything? She got five hundred twenty-five dollars credited back in closing. Okay, so and how much money is that? What she spent out of pocket? That was her earnest money. Okay, so outside of her earnest money, it cost her thirty-seven dollars to buy a home, or did I my mess? Mess. It cost her zero dollars. Zero dollars. Okay, good. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my story's better. It cost her thirty-seven dollars to buy this home, <laughs> and I was like, "That, you know." And, and number seven is spiritual, is it not, Allison? Yeah. So there, there's that. But I would, I think this is a powerful story. Yeah, you saw it. You saw that squirrel. But Tanya did a video. Tanya did a video about the dream to own home. Pro, dream to own loan program, Facebook Live, and she got all these comments, and people were like DMing her and all this stuff. And I just went to tie it, sales me, I was like, well, what about it now? I mean, you just presented the basics of the program, just the ba your basic knowledge. Now you know the program actually works. You know how powerful it is. You know that a school teacher can buy a home for zero out of pocket. Now go back and make that video. And see what happens. Now you're really going to be able to sell it, and you'll be passionate about it because you know in your heart that it works. So that's advocacy, all right? Problem solving. We have uh, talked about that, but your videos, if you're telling story of when you've been an advocate, how you have brought value to buyers and sellers, just small business owners in your marketplace, how you have solved a problem, please know that that creates a gravitational pull towards your business towards you. I want to work with you. That is reverse prospecting. When you walk into an appointment and they already feel like they know you, you have a very good chance of earning that business over the other two people behind you because they already know you. That's the power of these tools, okay? But just so we don't go too fast and you don't get too overwhelmed and you don't miss it, the homework assignment I have for you today, in addition to developing, like getting your goals up and visible, 100 appointments, 50 transactions in 2020. This is gonna be really fun if we can all rally behind this and see, like really celebrate, like we have a 50 club. Allison, we should probably make a note of this. Like some kind of a 50 club and we really get, like we run a stretch like Hummer, whatever. It's got a hot tub in it, whatever. We'll figure out the details later. But we really celebrate these agents who say, I was at that lunch and learn when I committed to 50 transactions, I tracked and measured it and I hit it. 
and we just all go have a big party for the 50, the 50 club. So in addition to your, your setting your goals, getting your goals out <coughs> visible, you're going to do your schedules, and then you're just going to create a video where you're telling your story of origin, how you got into the real estate business, why you're in the real estate business, why is it imperative that you need to be successful in the real estate business? All right. The two best ways to leverage your time and gain more freedom. Number one, sell homes to people that already know you, that already know, like, and trust you. So back to Sasha Farmer at NAR, she was in this situation where it was like, Buy leads, buy leads, buy leads, buy leads, buy leads, buy leads. It's all about buying more leads. Working 80 hours a week in the hospital. Gets out of the hospital gets divorced. She bought back her time by focusing on the people that already liked her. You know, she realized I was buying these leads and I was trying to force these people that didn't know me and didn't like me to like me. And it, caught, it was like twice the energy. So I got less time and less energy because they already want to do business with me. So I'm going to focus on these people. Okay? If you're not from around here, then you need to buy some leads. Okay? Get an open house. And then eventually you're going to get to where you got 25, 50, 100 people. Your kids are going to get to school. They're going to get playing sports. And you're going to get involved in church. And things are just going to start to snowball. Okay? So do business with people that already know, like, and trust you. The second thing we've already talked about is work while you're working and play while you're playing. We all need to do a better job of that. And all holding each other accountable to that. Like, hey, this is work time. Let's get our work done so that we can play hard. All right, now, the future of the real estate agent. I'll go fast through this. We've already talked about this. But the future of the professional real estate agent is more transactions. Play mode. All right, so uh, more transactions, less competition. The industry will become more consultant-driven. More consultant-driven. That means you need to have the market knowledge. You know the title process, the home inspection process. You know, um, I feel bad talking about home boss since knockout bought us lunch, but I had, you know, I just went to lunch with Tim, and I'm like, what knowledge could Tim drop on me that I don't already know? And I got schooled. He's like, I was like, Tim, what is the problem with real estate agents in the home inspection process? And he's like, real estate agents, they have a, their problems just across the board is they can't, they don't know the function. They can't articulate the function and the process of anything. Like properly and thoroughly articulate what is the, what, or the function, I'm sorry, the function and the purpose. What's the function of a home inspection? What's, what is the, the buyer's function in this process? What is the seller's function in this process? What's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of it? What are the expectations of a seller from this Process and what are the expectations of a buyer from this process? It's like you know, if people, if we're able to explain the function and purpose of a home inspection, the negotiations would be a heck of a lot easier. And I was like, dang, that's good, Tim. I'm gonna use that. Uh, the hobbyists will be purged by the market demand for expertise. I want you guys, if you leave here with nothing else today, I want you to internalize this sentence. And use it. If you run a team or you want to start a team, you got team members here, hammer it in their heads. The hobbyist will be purged by market demand for expertise. 
They can they go they, they got all the tools to find the homes themselves, people. The keys, the lock and key, the value we have is expertise. So there's a lot of different ways to define that and a lot of different categories of that. But let's say somebody, we got 50%, I don't even know if this is a fair number, some of you may know better. Let's just say in general, there's 50% of the homes that are being sold in Baldwin County right now are from, from people outside of Baldwin County. So their perception of the homes they want to see or not see are based on seven seconds worth of interpretation of data. Seven seconds. On average, and you use that in your listing presentation. You know, the web appeals uh, is the new curb appeal. A buyer spends seven seconds deciding whether the home, our presentation online is good enough to warrant a showing in person or not. Mr. Business Seller, do you understand how important it is to prepare your home for market? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, how much can you really know from seven seconds? You may start working with them and go, I'm listening to them, this couple talk to each other, and we are looking at homes that do not describe their needs. But because I know the market, and I went on Caravan, and I went to that broker's open house, they're describing the home that April Hunt has listed down the road. So I'm going to take them to another part of town, to another house that wasn't even on their radar, that they didn't know existed, and I'm going to create a client for life. But I'm also, that house is also, it's perfect for them, but it needs some renovations. So... After they walk in and go, gosh, we love this house, but we can't afford to get it to the standard that we want. It needs too much updating. Well, let's just sit down here at the kitchen table and talk about what a 203K can do for you. Yeah. Got it? Okay. Uh, tracking, Blake Ray? Are we tracking? Tracking. No. Market knowledge must be your number one focus. Market knowledge must be your number one focus. I had very few people leave with my tech tip strategy. So that seemed to be paying off for me. So now it's time for your tech tip and then I'm gonna cut you loose. So I am um, frustrated often because I, I have multiple websites I wanna send people to. I've got way more than, you know, that makes sense. But I got like blogs and I got real estate sites and maybe I just want to send people to specific categories of sites. Like you click on this link, you're going to see condos. You click on this link, you're going to see houses. You click on this link, you're going to see uh, golf course properties. Uh, click on this link, you're going to go to my YouTube channel. See what I'm saying here? So Instagram only gives you one space for one URL, one domain. Okay? And there is a service called Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E, -E, that creates a multi-link page that you can put on your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your Facebook. To me, that was a big deal. I'm sure it will be to you later after you see, but the lives are in this thing's day. All right, any questions?